Everybody, welcome back to the show, and I have an amazing guest. His name is Greg Roman, and he is the director of the Middle East Forum, which is a think tank and uh, just doing a bunch of things out there. Greg, why don't you tell us a little bit more? But first, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Todd. I appreciate the opportunity to speak about the issues of the day affecting the United States national security in the Middle East. Yes, sir. And there sure are a lot of those, aren't there? Uh, why don't you break it down to somebody who doesn't really know kind of what's going on, what's happening with Israel right now? Sure. So in the news, you're probably seeing reports of thousands of rockets landing on Israeli city centers in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. Yeah. And on the other side, you're probably hearing about reports of Israeli warplanes and artillery taking out targets in Gaza. Correct. That's scratching the surface of the problem of what's actually going on. This goes back 100 years, but we're not going to go that far in this interview. Right. We can start maybe 30 days ago. Okay. Um, so... Today is Eid al-Fitr, the uh, end of the Islamic holy month of Ramadan. Right. Monday night was the holiest night in Islam during the calendar year, which is considered to be the day that the Prophet Muhammad received the Quran from Allah, however you want to talk about that. Yeah. But at the beginning of Ramadan, the beginning of this holiday, there was another process that was going on in place in Palestinian society which was the expectation that for the first time in 15 years, the Palestinian parliament was going to elect a new group of legislators. Okay. This was announced back in January or February, but campaigning really started to heat up at the beginning of April, which coincided with the beginning of Ramadan. And then right at the end of April, the president of the Palestinian Authority, Mahmoud Abbas, who's serving the 16th year of a four-year term in office, said, you know what, now's not the right time for elections. He ascribed it to Israeli policies, which is just basically his catch-all for saying, whatever I do wrong, I'm going to blame it on Israel. Mm. And that started to lead to a lot of domestic dissent within Palestinian society against Abbas and the way in which you offer your credibility as a Palestinian leader isn't by promoting the welfare of your people, it's by attacking Israel either by voice or by choice of violence. Right. So you started to have these running skirmishes in the West Bank between Palestinian youth and Israeli border police. Rocks would be thrown, right. nonviolent crowd, crowd control dispersal methods would be used. This and then that's called, somewhat yeah, regular, right, yeah. Greg? I mean, that happens a lot, correct? It, 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 it's more often than not, but in the last 30 days, it has really gone out of control. And you know that it's starting to be organized when you have more people turn up on the streets. Right. These guys, they're not eating during the day. They're tired. They're frustrated. They gather in massive groups in the evening when the fast, the daily fast ends. And we saw this happen over the weekend yeah. at the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which right. is considered to be the Palestinians' most holy place. Right. So you have thousands of parishioners who go to the mosque and you have Hamas activists inside the Al-Aqsa Mosque who are coordinating what will become a violent effort against okay. Israel. A week They're ago, acting kind of as yeah. if like a, a agent provocateurs, basically. Exactly. Okay. It's a few bad, uh, you know, apples to ruin the whole bunch. Okay. So about over the weekend, a, a shooting attack took place about a week ago. Just a, a Palestinian man, 44 years old, pulls up the three young boys, like two 18-year-olds, two 19-year-olds, unleashes a halo of gunfire against these wow. guys. 
Okay. A few days later, the Al-Aqsa Mosque starts riding rocks, fire, uh, rocks, fireworks. And I don't mean pebbles. I mean like 20, yeah. 30 pounds. Yeah, they could kill you if they hit uh, you yeah, in the right yeah, place. Yeah. yeah, This happens. They're standing over a bridge. A car goes underneath. The rock falls. It's killed people driving wow. in the West Bank. So it starts getting out of control. And the Israeli police decide enough's enough. We can't have this violence. We're going to clear out the Al-Aqsa Mosque. That happens. Hamas threatens Israel five days ago, saying, if not within 48 hours, you allow Palestinians back to the Temple Mount, we will respond in the most violent way possible. And Israel says, uh, we're not going to capitulate to these guys. So they continue their uh, crowd control means. Jerusalem Day takes place the same day as the day that the Quran is considered to be delivered. Jerusalem Day commemorates the... uh, the reunification of Jerusalem 2,000 years after the Jewish dispersal by the Romans during the time, right around the time of Christ. And we see uh, this happen. And then all of a sudden, Hamas's response at 6 p.m. on the dot, rockets fired at Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. That invites an Israeli response. And then it quickly goes in a spiral of violence into having Hamas targeting civilian city centers in Israel, Israel responding militarily. And that's where we are right now. Right. And so is, is Hezbollah involved in this at all? Or is this strictly? No, no. Hezbollah is not involved. There's five or six Iranian proxy organizations that surround Israel. The only two currently involved are Islamic Jihad, which is a smaller, more extreme version of Hamas. If you think right. that's possible. And Hamas itself, which is active in Gaza, south of Israel and the West Bank to Israel's east. Wow. So the Iron Dome has been doing a pretty good job of defending from these rockets. Correct. How many of these have actually made it through and hit Israeli targets? So you have over 1,600 rockets which have been launched in the last 48 hours, of which between 90 and 95 percent get stopped. Now, the issue with that is, is the 5 to 10 percent that get through. Yeah. One blows up a civilian bus. Another one slaughters a five-year-old child when it actually goes through the window in the one place that is bomb shelter isn't protected by. Mm. There's been a, uh, a non-Israeli uh, Indian domestic care worker who was killed and a woman who was 63 and another grandmother who was 80 years old. Yeah. So th- those are the casualties on the Israeli side in addition to an Israeli soldier that was killed by an anti-tank missile. On the Palestinian side, there's actually been more Palestinian children killed by Hamas rockets oh, that misfired. Than Israelis on the other side. It, it, it's really a tragic sight to see the Hamas kill the people who they say they're defending, which is just a misnomer anyway. But they don't take responsibility for that. They they celebrate it when they kill their own people. Yeah, this is unbelievable. So, Greg, you know, one of the things that we notice, and I think that this is kind of expanding with the BDS movement, is is this uh, rhetoric coming from people like Ahan Amar and others that are basically making Israel the bad guy. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are buying into this and why we take such a, uh, you know, this is important to us as the Christian community. We want to stand with Israel. Uh, We do stand with Israel, but we also don't want misinformation and disinformation to be out there. Uh, You run the Middle East Forum. What do you see on this front? I see that the domestic support of the so-called squad, I, I would call it the jihad squad yeah. in the U.S. Congress, uh, or rather the Hamas caucus, if you really want to put it out there, is 25 to 30 members of Congress, irregardless of party, that are supporting a position which is anathema to American national security interests. Yeah. Forget about Israel for a second, okay? When you have members of Congress who are expressing an affinity with an extremist group, which has been responsible for killing Americans, 
not just Israelis, but American citizens. You have Hamas members in American jail because of their actions, which have been broadcast against the United States. Right. That tells you something about the kind of people who are your elected representatives. Right. And, and they, they have this false equivalency between the actions that Hamas takes. They say it's only stovepipe rockets. Those rockets are meant to kill civilian city centers. Yeah. Versus the Israeli response, which, yes, civilians do die, but it's because the Hamas places their military infrastructure next to schools, next to kindergartens, next to hospitals. And these members of Congress and other individual activists, whether they're part of the BDS movement or any other anti-Israel, anti-American movement, don't realize that they're using the talking points that the spokespeople of Hamas draft for them. And when that happens, they're not being American. Being anti-American and anti-Western. So where where does this go from here? Does this continue to escalate, or do you think it's going to subside in the next couple of days? Here, what do you think is going to happen? Well, Hadi Amar, the Deputy Assistant Secretary of State for Israeli-Palestinian Affairs in the Biden administration, is on the ground now trying to negotiate a ceasefire. Okay. Maybe his he'll succeed. The Egyptian intermediaries are speaking to Hamas. He's speaking to Mahmoud Abbas and the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. But the key question here is, is it in Israel's long-term benefit for there to be a ceasefire? Right. Because what we may see as a ceasefire, I just see as the break between wars. Yeah. yeah. And maybe it comes the time that it's an American president's job, like President Trump did for a few years, yeah. to say, Israel, go win your war so there's not another one. So we'll right. see what happens. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the concern that we have is if this current administration has that type of support for Israel, like President Trump did, you know, it's uh, he's been kind of slow to respond here. And uh, it, it almost seems like it's empowering the militants by the lack of American leadership. Would you say that's true? I, I want to first say that President Biden has a history of being pro-Israel when he was okay. in the Senate. And also I mean, the first person he met with when he was elected in 1973 was Golda Meir. Right. His first trip overseas was to Israel before the Yom Kippur War. It's not him I'm worried about. It's his support staff. Sure. It's those who threw Israel under the bus during the eight years of the Obama administration. Right. Correct. And if they make the wrong recommendation to the president and he acts on that recommendation, then we're going to see this three or, or four month going back to the wishy-washy nature of previous presidents before Trump came in. So I don't know what's going to happen. I think he's got a few good guys at the National Security Council who will recommend you have to stand with Israel. He made a good statement last night, but we'll see if that sticks. Yeah. What is the mood in Israel? Are people fearful right now or what's happening in the Israeli society? No, people are not fearful. They are resolute. Okay. They are 100 percent behind defending uh those who are currently under rocket fire. And there's been a huge, massive call-up of Israeli reserve forces. Don't forget, Israeli parents send their 18, 19, 20-year-old children after high school into the army. That's right. And if the army, that constituting a majority of conscripts who are teenagers, have to go into the meat grinder that's Gaza, you can guarantee that their parents and the rest of Israeli society will be behind them. What I'm worried about is the conflict taking place within Israeli society between Jewish and Arab mixed cities, which Hamas is stoking on social media, encouraging Israeli Arabs to riot against Israeli police, of which there's Muslims, Christians, and Jews. And yeah. then the marginal parts of Israeli Jewish society that are also rioting. And that's not being censored by social media for some reason, right? No, not at all. Not, not at all. They, they, uh, they're fine with Hamas-sponsored uh, riots and, and jihadi videos. But when it comes to us expressing our opinions on the right, 
God forbid. It reminds yeah, me of the Ayatollah that, that was on there. You know, uh, so. the Ayatollah seems to be able to say what you know he wants to say too. And uh, so, is Iran going to get involved in this at all, or is this going to escalate? Look, Iran's already involved. Uh, they are calling the shots from Tehran, or at least giving their tacit approval to whatever Hamas is doing, considering they armed them, trained them, provide intelligence support. And this is exactly the uh, Iranian MO. Use your proxies to fight your wars for you. Yeah. And I, I don't think they're going to activate Hezbollah. We talked about it at the beginning of the interview. Yeah. But if they really wanted to get it on the game, they'd take five sides. Iran, Syria, excuse me, Lebanon, Syria, Yemen, Iraq, and Gaza. They've got a lot of tools available and arrows in their quiver to use. Let's see if they do it. That's right, because there's a lot of proxy wars going on. You got, yeah. you know, Yemen and, and, and as you mentioned, Lebanon. And so uh, this is uh, this is very concerning. So we're going to continue to keep this in prayer. And uh, thank you for the work that you're doing over there, Greg, at the Middle East Forum. And how can we support what you're doing? How can we uh, go to your website and know about what you're up to? Sure. So three things you can do. Number one, follow us on Twitter at ME Forum before we get censored. Uh, two, Go to meforum.org, which you can find on the uh, internet. And also, we have a pretty active YouTube video, uh, a YouTube channel with over 200 videos. One just came out yesterday explaining all the nuts and bolts of this conflict and other issues affecting American national security interests in the Middle East. And check us out there, too. And, and more than that, watch your program. Have us on. Talk to us. Email us. We're here to, we're here to help and, and dialogue and, and to educate. Absolutely. Well, Greg, you're always welcome to come on the program. We're going to put your links below as well. And we're praying for you and the people of Israel. We stand with you. We thank you for the work that you're doing, sir. Thank you very much. All right. We'll be right back with the remnant.